All right, we are back, part two, part two of episode 13. So we're going to uh, forego uh, the intro music uh, for this time, just so we can pick up where we left off. Um, I really hope that this is informative. I hope this conversation is uh, kind of gave you guys some insight and kind of helped you out. Uh, if it has or it hasn't, like I always say, let me know. So we left off. Why isn't the dad at fault? So we were talking about how... Uh, it's important to understand when people are there to help, especially men like to take help. Um, also, you know, we talked about like shitty fathers and, and things like that and how is society has kind of painted this picture that men should men are pretty much useless. And unfortunately a lot of men have bought into uh, that reputation and it decided just to just keep pro- procreating all over the world and not taking responsibility for your kids uh, which is big shit to me, uh, but nonetheless. So we're gonna keep on with the comments. Uh, so now we have a little more time. So let's go, jump right back into it. I almost gave up, but I know my children would be lost without me. They would be split up. I don't agree with suicide, but I looked it in the eye, literally. My son's father has done some crazy things, and recently he has threatened me. He said, "Quote." If a purge happens, you know you're the first person I'm coming for, unquote, end quote. I've had CPS knock on my door for false accusations. And when my son was six months old, he took him across state lines to Maryland, and I fought so hard to get him back, and I didn't see him until he was 17 months old. I missed his first steps, his first words, and his first birthday. Someone posted my son on Facebook, and I didn't even recognize him. Wow. I feel like she suffered from depression because things didn't turn out the way that she thought they would. They didn't turn out the way she so desperately hoped. When you have a man's child, you desperately want him to love you. You desperately want him to be there. And when he just shrugs his shoulders and says he doesn't want to be with you or he doesn't want to be a family, it can crush a woman. We don't all handle it well. She's young. I think she was just too wrapped up in wanting acceptance from a man, and she wanted to kill herself because she didn't get it. To add insult to injury, she had his baby, and he still didn't want her, leading her to feel rejected. You never know what kind of toll that can take on somebody's psyche. That's another reason why we tell young people to watch who they procreate with. Sometimes life throws you surprises. Sometimes you end up pregnant. You definitely want to be with a man who will be there for you if that happens. We're going we gonna to pencil that one in because I actually have a great, uh, not even a counterpoint, but a supporting point to that. Some of these are really sad. I'm sorry, y'all, because I, like I said, I know all of these people. So to hear some of the things that, People have went through and, you know, just dealing with, you know, your your exes and things like that, especially from from a from a father standpoint. I hate to see fathers just intentionally put, you know, like their kids, parents, their kids, mothers through hell. I, I hate it, but staying focused. So you're suffering from depression after having the first kid with a deadbeat dad and don't want to care of the first. And you don't want to take care of the first because you need sleep. 
So the most uh, the most obvious way you decided to fix everything was to have a second kid to cure your depression. The problem with today's society and social media affecting this the children of this generation. Self-image is more important than self-respect. And anyone who can't understand that are too any can anyone that can't understand that too are very different then. Thanks for proving my point. One million likes on Facebook isn't the same as 10 people who respect you. Give me the 10 people who respect me every day of the week over 1 million who like me. For example, a lot of my work colleagues hate my guts, but they respect my ability to do my job and never disrespect me by challenging me about that. I'll take those guys over 10 times more guys who like me to chill, but don't have any respect for me for the fact that I can outclass them day in and day out and who will go behind my back any chance they can get. Respect is earned. Trust is gained. Honesty is appreciated. Loyalty is returned. It's obvious to see this young woman, regardless of the situation, never made the baby daddy earn her respect. So obviously they didn't have any reason to show respect, let alone anything else in return. Unfortunately, it was too late by the time this young lady may have started to realize that. May she rest in peace, and we pray for the ones who will suffer for many years to come. Her children. Mm. The last thing a woman ever wants to imagine is the possibility of her children being taken away from them. I know not every mother out there is a good mother, but it's just like not every father out there is a bad father. But when there's a man out there making her life a living hell and she lives every day to worry and then can't even really take care of her children because her mind is so preoccupied, I could see how it would spiral down really easy. In conclusion, with that, and that that was actually a pretty great um, comment to kind of end on. Um, she's right. This, this, I, I know who this is. I, I love her to death. Um, she's she's absolutely right though. Um, just as much as you say, oh, well, you know, you got to be careful who you lay down with. It, that doesn't work one way. Now, unless, unless unfortunately you've been raped, like it takes two to tango. So it shouldn't just be on a woman to be like, well, I got to raise all these kids. Like, no, like. The man, if you lay down, you need you need to protect yourself just as much as she does. And if you're not willing to accept the consequences of laying down with somebody for whatever reason, whether it's just casual, um, y'all in a relationship or not, then maybe you shouldn't be trying. You shouldn't be out here uh, living reckless either. I have such a disdain for shitty fathers, man. And I, I'll be honest with you. It feels like there's a lot of them sometimes the way society makes it. But I know that's not true. We also have to understand that every father can't be super dads. You can't buy your kid the latest and greatest and do all these. But there are a lot of parents, there are a lot of dads that are living check to check and absolutely doing the best they can, the best they can with the resources they have. I don't hold them any lower than anybody else that does something 20 times better for their kids. A father in their kid's life is a father in their kid's life. And sending messages just to, you know, piss off your, your kid's mom, that's, 
That's big shit. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. This is just Mario's opinion. I hope he gets whatever's coming to him. I, I really do. Because just as much as, like some of the comments said, like just as much as, you know, she should go out and seek help, he should be trying to help her as well. And if he's not, if you, I'm pretty sure he knows that girl is going through shit. Waking up every day and stressing her out on purpose, those are female tendencies. I don't even know why you would think that's cool. I just wake up in the morning, I'm just going to stress my baby mom out. I'm not going to take care of my kids. I'm not going to do anything for my kids. But I'm going to do whatever I can to stress my kids' mom out. And unfortunately, she's not here right now. Jesus Christ, we got to do better. The third chapter. I understand. Newsflash for anybody that's not a parent, or even if you are a parent, parenting is hard as fuck, y'all. I don't I don't have a punchline for it uh, at all. Some days are definitely better than others. Um, for the sake of transparency, I'll be honest with you guys. Like I was saying the other day, my wife was, um, you know, she had surgery and she was literally out of it. Like I was joking with her about popping Percocets, but like literally she was out of commission. So I have older kids like that are, you know, self-sufficient and can do, you know, and can do things, you know, on their own, you know, to take care of things around the house. In the midst of being frustrated uh, with, you know, being a medical provider and not being able to adequately, you know, like relieve my wife of her pain, like, that's a level of frustration for me that, you know, I, I'm the fix it guy. I'm the medical guy. I'm, I'm the guy that fixes everything, and I couldn't fix my wife. Sitting there watching my wife cry because she was in so much pain was one of the most difficult things ever. And it, is, and it takes me all the way back to, like, when we, you know, first met. I was like, man, like, my goal is to never make you cry. And there have been situations in my life since we've been married that I have made her cry. And it makes me feel like shit. Um, but to see her like sit there and be in so much pain had me so frustrated. And I think I asked my oldest, I said, Hey, I need you to, uh, like clean the kitchen. You know, I don't know if you got older kids, maybe this is just my kids. My kids know how to cook. So they go downstairs and they'll cook food or whatever. But for some reason they think this, there's this imaginary person. It comes behind them and just cleans everything up, right? So I go downstairs and, like, you know, my son will make pancakes. He has this obsession with making pancakes, which is fine. Uh, but I'll see, like, the cake batter on the counter is uh, the little, the mix is all in the tile on the floor. I mean, there's be shit everywhere. So I'm like, hey, man, clean up the kitchen. So he goes in the kitchen. He grabs my young, my middle side. And the whole time he's down there complaining about, I didn't make no eggs. I ain't cook no eggs. I ain't use. So he's literally going piece by piece for things that he didn't use. And at that moment, I was so frustrated. Going back to what's going on with my wife, you know, just having to hold the whole fort down. I'm like, yo, man, I'm literally asking you to do one thing. One thing. I went completely off. Like, went completely off. And at that point, 
you know, my wife heard it, and obviously she was like, man, like, baby, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I can't help you. And I'm sitting here like, no, like, you you just had surgery. You sit here and have surgery. Like, this ain't, this has nothing to do with you. This is just me being frustrated. But um, I had to go back and, like, check my emotions. And here's a parenting lesson for you. The best thing you can do, well, the best thing you can do is not yell at your kids if you don't have to. But sometimes they don't listen, and that just that shit just happens. But the best thing you can do as a parent is admit when you're wrong. And not a lot of parents do that. We seem to have this uh, dictatorship over our children where we feel like what I say goes, um, do what I do at all times. Man, I'm not always right. So I've got on my kids for things that I thought they did and find found out they really didn't do it. And, you know, as a parent, I go back and, you know, just like with them, I, I talked to them the other day and I said, hey, guys, um, listen, there's a, there's a lot going on in the house right now. You see, your mom doesn't feel good. Um, you know, she's in a lot of pain. I'm ripping and running. I got a two-year-old attached to my hip, so I can't even really run out and do something and come back. I got to take her with me, make sure everything is cool. It really frustrates me when I ask you guys to do things and you don't do them. Nonetheless, yelling at you in that situation is not appropriate, and I apologize. The first time I did that to my kids, they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, literally, like, did he just... Did he just say he's all right? So I say, you know, hey, I'm human. I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm not the perfect parent. I never choose to be. I never claim to be, but I try hard to not do the same things twice. So boom. Hour or two later, we back to joking. But parenting is not. It's it's hard. The greatest advice my mom always gave me, she said, and I think this was her way of Basically letting me know Like man I did the best I could for you With the village I had around me The resources that I had But she's like Mario Parenting doesn't You don't have a child And then they come with an instruction manual Like a TV Um, You do all this on the fly Like this is Literally, you you literally just fly at the seat of your pants. If anybody, I don't care who they are, if anybody tells you they have parenting figured out, please stay away from them. There are people that I know will swear you up and down and portray themselves as like the parents of the year. They lie. High cap, big cap, not true. The flip side to that. Parenting ain't for everybody. Like this is this this is a level of stress that like I never foresaw. And mind you, I'm somebody I work with kids. I love coaching. I love being around kids. Still hard. It do, it doesn't make it any easier. I'm a very jovial person. Like I joke around a lot, so you know that makes you know my house a little more entertaining sometimes. I always have jokes, but by and large, man, even like having difficult conversations with my kids, like. Trying to understand what they're going through as kids um, and make it make sense and realize, like, hey, like a lot of the things that I did growing up, y'all need to do this. Like, nah, that shit, that shit don't work. Like, it's, it's different. It, it's different these days. And 
Kids are more sensitive. Kids are killing themselves over social media because people ain't following them. Or bullying is like somebody cracking a joke on you on social media. It ain't even like what we considered bullying back in the day. That's enough to have people go hang themselves in the bathroom. So you really have to be mindful of how, like what society looks like now when it comes to parenting and trying to understand and reason the things that upset your kids like is different. So you, you, you gotta be a little patient and you gotta be willing to understand that like your kids aren't you, your kids aren't going to do the same things you do. Your kids aren't going to react the way you do. Um, I want to go back to something that, um, um, one of the comments in the, the dad chapter, they said, um, it was talking about like broken homes and I just want to hit on that for a second. So there's, there's this theory that I have and you may know somebody that's like that. And if you do, let me know if not, you know, cool. It is of my belief that sometimes when people come from broken homes, or they're in homes where they haven't really properly been shown love. The first person that kind of pays them attention is the person that they cling on to. Now, here's where it gets deeper. That person may 100% not be the person that you need to be married to. So now you're in a marriage where nothing makes sense. The person you thought loved you or said hey to you or touched you this way because you haven't really been shown proper affection, they're tired of you now. They treat you like shit. They verbally abuse you. They emotionally abuse you. Your next option is to have a child. Here's where I get this theory from. And I've seen this several times without people actually saying it. There's a young lady that I know. She was... Is still married, still married to this guy. She would come in to work every day. Every time I was around her, we didn't work in the same office, but whenever I came around her, she was always complaining about her husband. He did this, he did that. I can't stand him. I fucking hate him. I want nothing to do with him, right? So we would ask her, like, well, why the hell are you still married? Like, I don't understand. And she's like, I don't know. It just. I don't know, you know, just, I'm just, I'm just here to be married. Not, there's no hopes of things being better. Nothing. One day she pops up pregnant. So we all looking like, um, how'd you get pregnant? Because this don't make no sense. Well, and these, these were her exact words. Well, if he doesn't love me like I need to be loved, he can give me a child and I can love that child for the rest of my life. You see how generational cycles or curses begin? So now she's had this kid and it's almost like she's borderline obsessed with this kid. Like it's, it was kind of creepy at the time, but like that kid was her life. And the thing that made me really nervous was that that kid was the first person in a long time that unconditionally loved her, looked up to her, worshiped the ground she walked on, loved her. And in return, she loved that kid back. The way that 
her husband probably should have been loving her and the way her parents probably should have been loving her, but she wasn't exposed to that. I don't find those situations healthy. But you see how, and that, that's, I'm pretty sure I'm, that's not the only situation like that. But I'm 100% convinced that, like, when you come from broken homes and things like that, you look for love however you can find it. You look for acceptance however you can find it. And I find that to be true in a lot of situations. My useless, too. Okay, let's get back to it. All right, so these next these next group of comments are from people who are essentially like understand now here's what has got interesting because a lot of people um made comments and were going through things and some some people I left some things out uh just out of respect for them but I was like really shocked that like some of these people that I value is like really great parents and they still are but I just didn't realize that this was the kind of stuff that they dealt with um and they really empathize with this young lady on a, a totally different level Let's get into it. Again, let me say that I'm absolutely heartbroken for her, her children, and her family. This is absolutely tragic, and I'm gobsmacked that these posts did not trigger folks to check on her. But perhaps that is my training talking. Yes, it is. Please don't misconstrue that as blame, as I'm not blaming anyone. It's just that based on what I've seen... Which, is, which I'm quite sure is only a snippet of what was really going on, this poor girl was clearly screaming for help. I understand that it's hard to know what someone will actually do. But it seemed like for her, it was only a matter of time. I'm not sure what was going on with the father of her children, since there are mixed messages. She also had a positive response to one of his posts, seemed to be referring to her recently, followed relatively quickly by a single mother post. I will say with absolute certainty that I hope whomever is responsible for sending the fake messages to her from quote CPS is found in hell responsible because I'm sure that they played a huge part in her depression and contributed to her death. I cannot comprehend the depths of her despair. I'm not sure what I want to do, what I would want to do. That level of sadness and the very thought that death is the only way out absolutely destroys me. At the end of the day, two families have forever been changed. I pray for their comfort and peace. To anyone listening, I truly hope you understand permanent solutions shouldn't be the answer to temporary problems. And it's not a bad life, just a bad day. It's okay to not be okay. And getting help is really a sign of strength. Well said. This makes me sad for her. Mental health happens to be a very passionate thing to me because I've seen so many people struggle with it. I don't struggle with depression as much as I do anxiety. I've never been to a point where I felt like my world was better off not existing, which is probably why I feel so bad for those that have. I was a single mom and I definitely could relate to her first comment. I was re- I was remember I remember being in Kadena, which is I think that's Japan, as a single parent. 
going through my divorce and my oldest really struggling with it all to the point she acted out a lot. I would lock myself in the bathroom and cry with a bottle of wine. I remember thinking how much I love my kids, but also how much I needed a breather. Then I always felt guilty. I will say those were some of the hardest times and ones that I'm not most proud of because my outlet was alcohol. I'm sorry, y'all. This is really sad. Like I, I just have to take a second to gather myself because I, I this young lady I know very well and like, oh my gosh, she's so so sweet. So it's it's sad to hear this, but to hear like how she overcame this is oh my gosh, truly a blessing. Okay, I'm back. I drank a lot. My ex husband actually had to. My ex husband actually had tried to commit suicide with my son in the house, and that made me realize though that I was only their dependable parent and that they needed me more than anything. During that same time, I had back-to-back deployments to Afghanistan, so my parents had my kids for about a year and some change because their dad wasn't capable of helping with them. That was my breather and eye-opener to make me realize I needed to get my shit together and be the mom my kids needed. Though my deployments were tough, They were also what I needed to help me see the bigger picture and how much I needed to be the mom my kids needed and how much they meant to my world. I will say that it was not all honky-dory after the deployments because that just caused newer issues with guilt from being away. Issues with the kids feeling abandoned by both parents, etc., etc. But eventually we made it through. I will also say that my husband coming into our lives was a blessing as well. He didn't save us, but he definitely gave my kids stability, having us both, and seeing a stable, healthy relationship. I want to say something about that real quick. I'm glad she pointed out the fact that her husband didn't save them. This is like a little, it's like a little message I want to throw out there to everyone. Mental health, self-esteem, your happiness, um, your boundaries, your expectations. That is your responsibility as a woman, man, whatever you identify as. It is important that you learn to love yourself in a way where you're capable of loving someone else. The worst thing that you can do is truly not heal and linger from previous relationships and situations and really not be in a place where you don't truly know like you as a person. Because what happens is, oh, I think it's called hero syndrome. Well, like a random person will just come along. And again, they may say the right things to you at the right time that you needed to hear. And then you make it really bad mistakes or make it really bad decisions. And then you're back in a relationship with somebody that you really don't realize mimics the exact same terrible situation you were in before. I commend her for this for so many reasons. I really, I would love to just expound on her story, but I promised everybody I wouldn't say who they were. Um, But I respect a woman who understands the importance of finding yourself. And as she said, quote, getting my shit together. 
That's hard. This lady was drinking a bottle of wine in the bathroom every night, crying herself to sleep because she was frustrated. Having the strength and the willpower to say, I need to be better for my kids. I need to live now for my kids. That is my priority. But in order to me for live to live for my kids, I have to learn how to live for myself. My God. And honestly, that go that goes for men too. You don't you don't really hear about self-esteem issues a lot in the male community. It it is a thing. Um most of the people like I'm I have relatively high self-esteem. There, there are things about me that I, I, I would like to change, but man, I'm, I love the shit out of myself. So a lot of the people that I talk to and communicate with relatively feel the same way. Um, I hear, I hear it more in the female community where you guys go on these journeys of like finding yourself. I know it sounds like I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not, um, you go on these journeys to try to find yourself. And I, I think that's awesome. I would just make sure that whatever you're doing to truly find yourself and to truly love yourself, that's a journey that you have to do on your own. That's for men and for women. Truly learning to love yourself is something that is done by yourself. It's, it's why I can go to the movies by myself. Um, I can travel by myself. It, it doesn't bother me. Like I, I Mario enjoy enjoys Mario's company. Um, but yeah, in order to live for somebody else, you really have to sit down and say, "Man, um, if I don't do something, I'm going to spiral out of control." Um, man, that was a great comment. I really hope that helps somebody. Next comment. I can definitely sympathize with her. I've been a single mom of three for 10 years. It's tough. And there are those moments where you do want to want a moment to yourself. I've never had the luxury of living close to my kid's dad until just a few weeks ago. So I've literally had to figure out how to juggle three kids, work and school. I've definitely had some dark days, but never to the point of wanting to end my life because I know my kids need me. And in my heart, I couldn't ever do that to them. But everyone takes on stress and depression a different way. This young lady didn't seem to have any support. It looks like she dealt with a lot of mind games from the kid's dad, and that just isn't okay. Heartbreaking to hear someone so young take their life. Wish she could have gotten the help and support she desperately needed. This one actually threw me off. I was actually surprised that, you know, she had been going through that. She's super sweet. Me and her literally talk like once a week. I never did. I never even knew that was going on with her. This next one is kind of long, um, but it's actually probably one of the comments that actually uh, made me want to do this uh, because it was somebody who I was uh, cool with, spent a lot of time with, you know, her, her kids. Um, yeah, and I think this one really, it really kind of hits home because she. She she has a lot going on. Like her her kids have a lot going on, and it was it was really interesting to hear her response because, for all intents and purposes, man, just the the things that she went through with her last child, like probably would have been enough for a lot of people to give up. 
And um, from what I read, like, life threw her a lot of fucking darts. And um, you'll hear, well, you'll hear the story, but, like, it worked out in the end. And I, I'm super happy for her. All right. I have five going on six kids, three with some sort of additional special needs, and two bonus kids and a baby on the way. Now, before you guys start making assumptions, she's not on government assistance or reckless with, she's served in the military, good head on her shoulders. She doing all right. Just so y'all know, for the record, she ain't out here living crazy. Her daughter has ADHD, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Her son has ADHD. Her youngest son has a congenital illness and a TBI with a developmental and physical delay. When I was parenting alone, which was in Hawaii, and before my fiance came into the picture, I was doing everything by myself. I had no identity outside of being a mother. When you lose yourself completely for others, you don't know how to be alone, but you crave alone time. My days, even now, are full of dealing with the kids and their attitudes, their school issues, and appointments. I had to force time to address my own PTSD and anxiety because I couldn't handle the intrusive thoughts and the issues the kids had with a clear head. I put my own mental health aside for years because I couldn't handle the kids' issues and my own at the same time. And as a mother, I view my mental health as secondary to theirs. Her ex or her child's father was no help and made my situation with her daughter worse, as did his wife, to the point that now, at 10, her daughter has cut them out of her life and repeatedly said to me, Mom, why did you make me spend time with them? She doesn't understand what a custody agreement is. His parents went from being supportive to calling me a crackhead and attacking my daughter's character because they didn't agree with her personality. My child's father and wife called CPS on me over alleged abuse that my daughter claimed because she was angry for me with leaving my now ex-husband. My ex-husband told me my love language was a joke, that I was the problem with our marriage. My family that I moved that I moved to Massachusetts for has completely dropped me because my kids are too much to handle and that they think that leaving the white guy with money was a bad idea, despite me telling them that I was miserable and drowning for three solid years before leaving him. My entire identity from the point of view of my support system revolves around how I performed as a parent and there was no room for error. I begged for help for a long time. Instead of getting the help I needed, I took on more responsibility, and then the kids started to actually suffer more. I wasn't drowning in debt, couldn't find a good job. Oops, sorry. I was trying to survive and keep them alive. Drowning in debt, couldn't find a good job because I took too much time off to be a mother. So many interviews where I was told, you're a great candidate, but you have too many responsibilities at home with your kids. That woman who killed herself, I get it. I know a mother who up and left her husband and four kids because she cracked under the pressure, disappeared for a year, and then out of nowhere reached out and said she couldn't take it anymore and had to leave. I don't know what I would have done without my fiancé. 
I have never had such unconditional love and support, and it has given me the time to find myself again and be a better mother. I'm in therapy, and yes, my time is consumed by the kids, but I'm not doing it alone. I'm back in school. My daughter's doing much better. My youngest son is thriving. For the first time in a long time, I'm happy, and that my happiness directs reflecting on my parenting. What people do not often realize is that when the parents are miserable, the kids see that, pick up on it, and later emulate it because they think that that's what it means to be an adult. I struggled for so long because that was I struggled so long because that was what was modeled to me growing up. When I finally realized that there was another way, I made major changes. The biggest one was leaving my marriage before I ended up hating the man that I had children with. Now, he and I are friends. We parent better than ever. He is actually more involved now when we were married, and I'm not drowning anymore. Wow. I'm going to tell you guys why I'm doing this podcast like this at the end, but just remember, just remember this last message from this young lady. That was, that was a good one. We're almost done. Her post on October 13th really made me really made it seem like she was finding herself, finding her strength and realizing what she was capable of. It's so hard to think about leaving my babies behind like that, but to a point, I get it. It's so hard when you are the sole provider for those babies. It's a whole lot of pressure and the light at the end of the tunnel seems non-existent. Usually when you're riding the wave of depression, the people closest to you don't have a clue. Postpartum depression and depression in general is hard to speak on because it's different for everyone. Questions I asked myself about this story was, did she not have anyone to talk to? Where's her family and friends? Where's her mother? Did her parents never reach out? Reach out? Did her parents never teach her how to ask for help when she needed it the most? That is okay to feel vulnerable and need help sometimes. Was she in a vulnerable? Was she in an abusive relationship? Why didn't she believe in herself and her capabilities? Was someone always in her ear telling her she wasn't worth it? Ooh, that's heavy. If so, why did she believe it in the first place? A lot of times I think how people handle depression stems from their childhood and how they were raised. We all go through hard times. Some of us make it through and some of us don't. And there's never an easy answer for what could I have done to save them? I don't even know where I'm going with this response. All I know is raising babies is hard and not having a support system is hard. None of us have it all figured out, and once we realize that, I think life gets a little easier. Your babies need you. Your family needs you. Go get the help that you deserve. So that part was really interesting to me because a lot of these were really good moms that I know, like I said, from various um, new moms, older moms, that kind of thing. And uh, all of them shared the exact same sentiments, like when it came to like depression. Um, I asked my wife actually the other day when I was thinking about putting this together about, you know, postpartum depression, if that was a thing for her. And I think she said with my last, with our last child, she did have some postpartum depression. And um, 
I don't know if that stemmed from me, you know, because I know uh, I was a little traumatized uh, after our daughter was born. Um, you know, just it just kind of weirds me. I don't like OB stuff, so you know, I I didn't really want to touch her. I didn't want to touch just you know after the whole like six week things. I didn't want anything like I'm I'm good. But I think in the in the long run that she needed me to be there uh, for her and. And I kind of hate myself now about it because I'm like, man, when she needed me to be there the most, I just like it freaked me out. But like, she just needed me to like comfort her or just love on her or just make her feel like you know, like she was she was beautiful, like she was loved again. And um, man, that that like that really that really tore me up it's to the point where now when um, I have people or friends that are pregnant, like I always check on them. I always say, you doing okay? You know. Postpartum depression is real. I don't care how happy go lucky you are on social media. That shit don't do nothing for me. Like I'm calling you and talking to you, asking you how you're doing. Um, I understand that like depression is one of those things where you you don't just wake up one day and say say I have depression and it just goes away. Like it is a a ever revolving circle. There are things that trigger it. There are things that make it worse. There are definitely ways to cope with it, but this is a problem that people go through with their whole life, through, through their, their whole lives with. And um, I think one thing I appreciated about most of those comments was even though I was going through all this as a single mom or I was going through all this with my kids having health issues, or, you know, I had this going on. And even though this was hard, I still persevered. You know, I pushed through the bullshit. I made sure I got help when I needed to get help. Um, that that gives that gives me a lot of hope. And that's, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. It kind of, almost kind of using this situation as a case study. But for anybody who might be going through something out there, I'll say that to the end. Never mind. So, the way ahead, and we're gonna we're gonna close this out here. So the way ahead. So here's what here's what Mario feels. We as a society have to do better when it comes to mental health. Originally, originally, I limited this to just the black community because mental health is still fairly new in our community. Um, there was a young lady that made a comment on a on a post, and she was saying. How she was a therapist and how it hit home and how she was kind of upset that people weren't more compassionate and all that kind of stuff. It kind of triggered me a little bit. I'm not going to lie, because here's why. So first of all, she's not wrong at all. She, she's not wrong. However, Kamu, when it comes to therapy, when it comes to people um, getting help, especially in the black communities, with this being something new to us, this is foreign to a lot of people. So you can say get help all you want to, but like people are still in that phase where they don't even they think the thought of going to a random nice office with a pretty couch and talking to somebody is stupid. So imagine how they feel when most of them have raised kids, probably went through hell with them anyway, and probably should have got help, but they didn't, but they made it through. The kids got old enough and they, you know, just kind of went on about their business. Think about how they feel when they read something like that. Like, oh, she's 21 years old. Like, 
I had four kids by four different people, and I managed fine. And you kill yourself like that's selfish as fuck. That's your fault. Like you, you can't fault people because people are still ignorant to the things that are um, the, the the importance of mental health and the value that it can bring to somebody's life. So I think if you're a, a medical provider, like you have to take that into account when you're. Announcing yourself is like a, I'm a this, I'm a that. You have to understand that not everybody is receptive to uh, what you what your practice is, and you have to be ready and willing to teach that. Which is part of why this conversation came up because I felt how I felt initially, and then it kind of made me take a step back and really just start trying to empathize because what I really wanted to say I didn't say on here, um, but when I start talking to other people and asking them about it. It really kind of opened my mind. So I'm like, oh my God, like these are people that like I know respect are great parents. And to hear that they even thought about going down that route is it was crazy to me. And I'm like, man, this is a bigger issue than I thought. This isn't just a one off. Like this is like a bigger issue than I thought when it comes to like single parents. Um, so it it changed my view on it, but I got smart on it real fast. Like real fast. I got smart on it. So Part of us doing better outside of learning to accept that mental health matters or mental health is important is that, man, sometimes we have to accept the fact that um, kids really ain't in the cars for everybody. But then we as a society have to stop putting pressure on people to say, oh, well, why you ain't got no kids? You this, you this, you such and such years old. Like, why you ain't got no kids? Why you ain't got no kids? I just told y'all what society says about fathers. And how they treat us and how they view us. Like we just basically start sperm donators. How do you think people who are just going out here living their life still successful, doing their thing, and maybe they just don't want to have kids? Or maybe they're just not in a rush to just pop out kids with a random person to appease you. How do you think they feel? Everywhere they go, they're like, oh, well, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Maybe they don't want to have kids. Normalize that shit. Normalize not having kids for the sake of having kids Or because people like When you gonna give me some babies Cause I'm gonna tell you something Most of them people who tell you Oh when you gonna have some babies When you gonna have some babies Listen when you need somebody to watch your babies They'll be nowhere the fuck around Remember that So take your time Enjoy life And if kids ain't for you Listen be prosperous Work on your career Be great That's fine There shouldn't be any judgment People should be just as happy for you in everything you do without having kids as do as people with with kids. The fuck man, what the fuck difference does it make? It's too many people in the world anyway. Where's Thanos? Also, for people who do succumb to that, ladies, let me tell y'all something. Having kids should not be the only achievement in your life. I this is gonna sound bad, but like I hate when people don't get me wrong. Childbirth is amazing. The fact that you push a human out is amazing. But most of y'all are so talented and y'all do things. I hate when people say, oh, you know, what you got going on? Well, I'm a mother. And it's and like, man, like, cool. But like, that shouldn't be the biggest accomplishment of your life. Like, don't let, don't feel like your goal in life is just to grow up, graduate high school, and then pump out the kids. And you feel like, ah, oh, yes, I made it. I grown. No, absolutely not. That's just one of the many accomplishments that you've, one of the pinnacles of your life that you've, you've hit. There's way more in life than having kids. 
Don't let nobody stop you in the thing that now that you done had kids, that you done you done made it. Also, newsflash, having kids don't necessarily mean you're grown either, but that's a conversation for another time. For everyone else, man, like in our communities, like we we struggle with this in the military. We have a hard time processing um telling people when to take a knee. We're always on the go. We're always on the go. Go, 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 go. But we never tell people like, yo, like if I'm doing too much, I need to take a knee. I need to take a step back. I've told my wife. I pick on her a lot. I told my wife before, like my wife is on like three or four committees in her sorority. She's a, on the basketball booster club. What else does she do? Um, Jesus Christ. Her like her her main job, her main source of income. Literally, she's dealing with people. She has like over 700, 400, 700 people in her unit. These people call her all hours of the night. So a whole, a good night's sleep ain't even guaranteed for you as is. Don't spread yourself so thin where you don't have time to just relax. Where you're to the point where like if you need to take a knee, you can't take a knee because you got 27 other things you got to worry about. So now you can take a break from this, but you still got your other 27 things you got to worry about. Learn to be okay with taking a knee. When they say learn to, it's okay to not be okay. Because if you don't, if you don't realize that early enough, man, we might see you as a meme somewhere else too. Because you were burnt out and you were stressed out and you didn't know how to take a step back and call it good. Let's talk about friends. People, social media is a weird place. One of the things I understand is that I know people say, oh, well, I just post these things as funny and just to get a good laugh. But if you're a friend, here's what I challenge you to do for a week. Watch the things your friends post on social media. There's people that I associate with, aren't my friends that I associate with, but I notice they post the same type of things for quote unquote jokes. That's not a coincidence. Like, I know people that repeatedly post things about like body shaming or like not being comfortable in their skin post babies or, you know, random things about mental health. Pay attention to those things because like this young lady, like, she was making posts about all kinds of crazy stuff about how she wanted a man to help her out, blah, 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 blah. And people just liked it and kept moving. Don't be a, don't be afraid to check on your friends and just say, hey, what's, go, what's up? What's going on? Are you doing okay? But also be the friend that if somebody calls you and asks you if you're, if you're okay, be okay with telling them you're not okay. Don't bullshit them. It's clearly a blessing to have people in your life that are willing to help you. So make sure if you're the friend, pay attention to those warning signs when your your friends ain't themselves, but then make sure you're accepting of the help that people are trying to give you. That's important too. If you're having kids, understand what comes with that. I will say this. This isn't about this young lady anymore. We we offer her. A lot of people don't understand the responsibility that comes with the kids, comes with having kids. Some people look at kids as a burden. I always tell people, kids aren't a burden. You can deal, you can still do a lot of the things that you want to do 
You just have to be very strategic in how you do them because now you have other people to worry about. Don't go into having kids at a young age with the mind, or hell, even at any age. Don't go into having kids with the mindset like, yep, I'm going to still do this. I'm going to still kick it three nights a week. I'm going to go party, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to drop my kids off there, blah, blah, blah. Don't go into kids, don't go into having kids thinking that. Shit's different. This shit, this shit should change you. You're literally raising a little human who doesn't know shit about life. If that's not enough to make you think, man, I probably shouldn't do this as much as I do it. Don't have kids. They are literally watching your every moves. And if you have shitty behavior, if you just drop them off on a different person every weekend, man, they pay attention to that kind of stuff, and that's what they're going to think is normal. You gonna go from little John jumping around in the club to learning all the Coco Melon songs and your wheels on the bus gonna move around and around and around and around and around. Congratulations. That's your new life. But it's fun though. Don't let people tell you raising kids ain't fun. It's stressful, but it's fun, especially when they start getting older and the light bulb comes on and you kind of see things that you've been trying to teach them and it makes sense to them. It's, it's fantastic. And that, that break that you guys always talk about, man, it really is true. The older your kids get, man, the more that break does come. But sometimes your kids need you to focus on rearing them. If you have a support system or if you have a family that, help, that helps you, by all means, go for it. But if not, embrace that time you have with a kid because you're going to miss it when they get older. Trust me, I don't even... I don't know why we got doors around here. Nobody going to the bathroom is safe. It don't matter who you are. There's always some kid knocking on the door. Can I do this? Like, man, can I go to the bathroom first? My daughter, Lily, she'll open the door. She'll bring her little tablet. She'll open the door. I could be dropping a mean deuce. She'll literally open the door, say hi, put her tablet down, and lay out, and she will literally sit there and watch her tablet while I poop. Like, she's my personal security. I don't need fighting no more. For what? I can't win. You can't win. You can't win. So understand the importance of self-care and self-love. I'm going to leave y'all with that, man. I I definitely, again, I definitely appreciate every single person uh, that left a comment and, you know, spoke about, you know, the issues and what was going on. I appreciate you taking time out of your life to, to respond and just understand that man, this wasn't to this wasn't to bash the deceased, but this was a part of me learning how regular this is, and how regular people have the same problems that you may be going through, and they've handled, they've all persevered and they've all handled them. We need you here. We don't we don't we don't need anybody else committing suicide. We need you. Your friends need you. Your family needs you. More importantly, your kids need you. Think about the psychological effects of those kids and what they're about to go through um, as they get older and they start trying to figure out where their mom is. And then when they figure out why their mom isn't here, my God. I got one more. I forgot it was a video coming. She's going to kill me if I forget about her. Hold on. Okay, I'm recording this because I'm driving and I don't want to kill myself. Um, so my first thought is that 
that's horrible. And here we are again, losing another person who matters uh, to suicide because of a mental health issue. That we don't prioritize mental health enough and that that breaks my heart for her. Um, second is for her babies, of course. Now they have to go through their life without their mom and sounds like maybe a shitty dad because of all of this. Because her mom just, their mom just couldn't get the help they needed. And then third is, because I watch too much damn Dateline, so they better check out that damn daddy and make sure he didn't coerce her into this or cause it. But no, uh, mental health is a worse pandemic than fucking COVID, in my opinion. And it bums me out to hear of another person that we've lost. Boom. I also have one more comment I totally forgot about. I'm sorry, y'all. So, this is coming from a guy who was talking about, um, I guess it's kind of a, it's kind of in a mix of accountability and understanding. But anyway, his comment is: Young girls and black people get, keep getting played in society, and we need to get to the root cause of the problem and fix it. The root is a lack of education. Knowledge is everything. I wish women and black people knew that. This story should be a wake-up call to all young girls and black people in general because this is truly heartbreaking. It really is. And I will tell you guys, there's there's uh, suicide hotlines. There's uh, apps. Like, there's a, there's a Headspace app that I've been using uh, since I was in Turkey. And uh, it literally gives me a little... Gives me a little like uh like notification like every day. You say, hey, it's been two days since she did this. Hey, it's been two days since she did that. And it literally this headspace app is great. I don't remember if it was free or not. I think there's a free thing. But literally, it literally helps me just kind of clear my head. Like sometimes I use it when I get to work in the morning. I just close my door and just turn it on, just let it play for a couple minutes. And just really clear my head and just refocus and prepare for like life. And it's been truly helpful some days. Work has been kind of crazy lately. But it, tr- it truly has been helpful. But there are tons of resources out there. Um, I think as a black person, we just have to do a better job at learning what those resources resources are and embracing the fact that, man, there are people that genuinely want to help you. There are resources that are genu- genuinely out here to help you. If you are listening to this and you are a single parent, if you need help, and this I truly mean this, and if you know me, you know that whenever I say, if you need something, let me know. Like my wife and I, our phone rings all the damn time from people who need help. If you need help, or you know you need a break, if there's something I can do, man, trust me. If it ain't somebody, if it ain't nothing I can do, if it's somebody I know, man, I'm gonna do everything in my power to help you. But first, man, help us help you. Take the first step. Yo, I need help. Shit's not right. I'm not okay right now. I need a break. Do I feel like people should be accountable for, you know, having kids? Absolutely. I do I do feel like that. But I also realize that everybody can't handle their stressors and their uh, depressions and things like that the same way I may have. Sometimes I can laugh my way out of a situation. Next week when I talk about my, my next show, bitch, don't kill my vibe. I'm going to tell y'all about this situation that happened to me, and it, it 
ruined my whole day. And at the end of the day, I just crack jokes the whole day to kind of build myself back up. That's what I do. When I'm down, I just kind of get some jokes off and then I'm cool again. Not everybody's fortunate enough to be like that. So help us help you. Take the first step. I appreciate y'all listening, man. I really hope that that you guys got something out of this. I hope it was informative uh, to some point. Again, thank you to everybody who commented and uh, and reached out and kind of shared your thoughts. Uh, and shared your stories, more importantly, because that really helped me bring uh, what I wanted to talk about home. But it also, like I said, it helped other people who may be going through the same thing that you and I and everybody else who may listen to this podcast may be going through and just ain't said nothing. If nothing else, this podcast ain't that big, but there are people who listen to this podcast every week who have started therapy from listening to something that I had either said or mentioned or talked about or somebody I had on the show. Um, it inspired them to say, you know what, fuck this, I got to go do this. So it's about taking advantage of the, the place that you're giving. So I want to make sure I use my space for the right thing. Um, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all if nobody else told y'all that today. Um Y'all let me know how y'all want to do this part one and this part two. I can put out both in a week. Or I can put out one one week and one the next week. Y'all let me know. We'll see. But nonetheless, have a good night. Y'all have a fantastic week. I have a great story for y'all next week. Um, yeah.